weekend of firsts. K-Mac gets his first poll, Georgie gets his first win, and the original super sub gets an F1 seat. Sao Paulo never disappoints. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing podcast. Yep. My name is Wellington. I'm here with Ruben. What's going on, guys? And Sir Yancy. Hi. Sir Yancy. On today's episode, we will discuss the Brazilian Grand Prix. Ruben gets a Brazilian. Um, <laughs> we'll also preview the Abu Dhabi Grand wow. Prix. <laughs> and uh, talk about a little bit of news. Still a little bit of silly season. Silly season's wrapping up, but... Um, there's still some silliness still left. Long ass silly season. Yeah. The longest, the silliest of seasons. Uh, before we get started, guys, make sure to follow us at jump to start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're listening, obviously you're on a podcast platform on your favorite podcast platform, please leave a review. Uh, they are the way that we are found by other F1 fans. Ruben, how was your weekend my man too short mm. <laughs> super dry like that too short mm. yancy how about yourself phenomenal weekend wow had a really good weekend my um i haven't seen my parents in almost a year so whoa it's been that long yeah wow since, wow. Uh, since last december so um oh so yeah man. Doing the rest of this week man damn I, now i feel like i should stop by yeah uh yeah i i had i had a very good weekend with family um, had a lot of fun, man. And I didn't catch the race live, but I did watch it. Uh, thank you, F1 TV. Yeah. Thank God he didn't read the group chat. Yeah. I Oh, you know what? I did. Well, I didn't read it live, you but wouldn't. I read it after I watched the race. Gotcha. It was pretty hilarious. I got to say, F1 TV, remember we used to like dunk on it all the time. And now I feel like it's almost essential. I, I keep letting it lapse. And then I come back to it like the next week. Like, I I need it because. There's a lot of good F1 content, especially for those of us that do not live in Great Britain and have Sky Sports F1. Uh, It does definitely keeps you up to date with everything F1 and a lot of technical stuff. It is, I think they've ironed out all the kinks and it is definitely worth, I think it's $80 a year. I just pay monthly. Yeah, because then I just turn it off. Gotcha. I pay for the year. I pay for the year. You guys made me pay for it, but I pay well. But it is well worth it. Yes, it is. No, I I like that. Now it's very seldom that it freezes on you. Before it was constantly thing doing that happening. Like you know, they fix a lot. They they fix a lot of kinks that they had, especially Mm -hmm. especially as as you lock down. As you, if you were running a little, a few minutes, not behind, but like as you get closer to the race, trying to lock down, obviously, because a lot lot more people trying to to do the same time and. That's not happening anymore. It's weird. When something's working well, you don't really hear about it, right? But yeah. when it wasn't when it's working, working bad, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's working pretty good now. But not yeah, it's working. I, didn't, I did not watch any of the sessions this weekend live at all. Gotcha. But I was able to watch all of it. So that's And also good. that addition that's as well. The, you watched qualifying live on Friday. Uh, I was at work. I think work. you were the only one that did. I don't yeah. know it was no, I did, I did watch it, but I still had to like pause it because I'm at work and I'm taking care of different things. So gotcha, gotcha. it wasn't like I was like fully focused on it. But thank God you don't get fired for that, huh? Wow. Uh, I've worked myself 
up towards that, my friend. Dude. No, no, but on that aspect, and also the other shows that they added as well, the post-raise, you know. Yeah, the technical. The, the tech- they, they added a ton of shows yeah, to make great. it. It's awesome. Has been a real MVP. But I think before to, to get the pro package, what well, was worth it because you would get like the to see maybe some of the old races. Yeah. But yeah. now to get, to get the the package itself, it just, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Better so, than my weekends. <laughs> <laughs> Much not too short. Nah, not too short. Uh, not, so guys, jump <laughs> jumping into the news. <laughs> When you share a meme. <laughs> put it to the news, guys. <laughs> the news. Wow. So, all right. Wynn does not laugh ever. The Wynn Hotel chain. Wynn announces a $1 million all-access experience for F1's Las Vegas Grand Prix. So this is kind of off the heels of, this was published this morning, but it was off the heels basically of 10 days ago, they did the uh, the whole show out in Las Vegas to promote next year's race. So the Las Vegas package, it's, it's a one million, the win Las million Vegas package, $1 million. Uh, it provides admission for a group of six to a collection of official F1 activations that are not available anywhere else. So listen to this. Four nights stay in a two-story encore three-bedroom duplex accommodating all six guests in its mm. three bedrooms. Wait a second, three bedrooms. At the Encore? Yeah. Okay. That's with, right next to the... What's a Wynn Hotel? But with 24-hour butler service, daily breakfast, and custom in-room amenities. Elaborate welcome amenity, including Jeroboam of Dom Perignon and a selection of caviar. Wow. Whoa. Hello. Exclusive access to opening ceremonies, including red carpet viewing and kickoff parties for the weekend events. This event is otherwise by invitation only. Wow. Dinner for six in Delilah, the acclaimed nightlife dining experience with a menu specially selected by... Executive chef Joshua Smith and champagne by Dom Perignon. Priority access to race week, week events, win elite tickets to Awakening, uh, one of their shows, complimentary spa and salon, treatment, and a round of golf and luxury transportation, and, 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 and. Jeez. So we're cracking the piggy bank for this, boys, or what? <clears throat> if, you, if you treat it, why not? I mean... A million. Easily, easily, easily. You can say that when you can't afford this. Yes. <laughs> I'm if, not I, sure. if I had a million, I'll block you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 150,000 per person, 150K plus. <sighs> Jesus. The, you know what? I heard this line the other day, and uh, well, a few weeks ago, um, and it's really not far fetched. In order for you to attend the Las Vegas Grand Prix, you would have to mortgage your house. And something like this. Comes very close to that. 150,000 per person. person. That <laughs> is insane. Kudos to anybody who can do it. And you're pretty sure you're going to find somebody who can do it. Dude, I wanted to. So it just makes me think back to Miami. So Miami this season was the first time that they had it out there. And we all, we all wanted to go. We were planning yeah. on going. It just got so expensive that it was just like, it's not even worth it. And this is just for, uh, well... I'm a common folk. You guys are rich business owners. Wow. So yeah, I, wow. I imagine okay. that, you know, right. I'm dragging you guys down. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it, it's, <laughs> it just kind of goes to show like how it's been like Austin has crept up in, in uh, price, but it's not like over the top. But like we were looking at Mexico. That was crazy too. Price mm-hmm. West Florida Sol was completely sold out. I'm wondering like, are we going to be able to go to any of these races in the future? 
So general admission. No, we went to early or bring your own chair. Bring your own chair. When did we go to Mexico? Twenty eighteen, right? Twenty nineteen. Twenty eighteen. Went to Mexico. I think we paid for photo sold tickets. I think it was like three fifty for the weekend. Yeah, and that was expensive. And that was expensive back then. There's a resale. Wow, how much are the tickets? They're like five hundred plus. This maybe more. They were they were completely sold out. So they were completely sold out. And so the resale was of the of the hook. Like that's insane. So like for example, when you looked into going to Miami, and in Miami is costing a ticket is costing you more than watching the race in Monaco from a balcony. Like well, you're talking about Monaco twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were yeah. when you guys when we won, yeah. How much would that now be now? Oh I didn't check. I don't want to check. I don't want to check because I don't want to Yeah. I don't want to see how far. Even it, like yeah. that, for example, when we went to Canada in twenty, we went in twenty nineteen. We paid eight hundred dollars for. Um, what I was what it? it was at turn eight, but we had like uh, the meals were included, and we had like a special section where we can go. They had the catering and stuff like that. Yes, that was eight hundred dollars. So you're talking about five hundred dollars just for grandstands tickets, basically. That's a lot of money. Now, you don't even get the food. <laughs> you don't even get a special section. right, and then you keep thinking about like, for example, you hear to you hear about like Monza that was a disaster, according I to like, we, yeah the complaints from people, right? Mm-hmm. So then like you're gonna go and you're literally rolling the dice, hoping that the event is well managed and that you can get around and you can get what is people were making lines for hours to be able to buy water or to be able to buy tokens to be able to buy like water and food and stuff like that. I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, because I didn't feel any time I went. I mean, I've only gone to Montreal. We went to Montreal. I went to Montreal twice. Yes. Me personally. I didn't feel that that was so disorganized. No, it was great. Yeah. Montreal is super great. They do a very good job there. But, and again, I think I think we harped on this before. How can people pay so much money and go through an experience like that? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I, yeah. And we're talking about, again, Formula One. So supposedly, you know, a rich people sport. Yeah, bro. So, when we went to from uh, to Montreal in the center turns. That was awesome too. Yeah, and that wasn't that wasn't that expensive at that. Point. No. All right, moving on. What are doing our accountant when it comes to buying tickets? Oh, he knows the prices. I have no idea about what we paid. Must just be says, nice. He just says, "Give me. I need. We need this much, guys." That's, okay. As, a, as I said, you're the rich business. Well, sure. So anyway, so we're approaching the end of silly season. What a flex. Approaching the end of silly season. Guess. Approaching the end of long as silly season. I mean, you guys already know, but guess who Haas is gonna who Haas is expected to confirm as the teammate for Kevin Magnuson. You guys already know, so I'm just gonna say it. It's Nico freaking Hulkenberg. This was posted Hulk himself. Yeah, this was posted on motorsport.com 708 AM this morning, Eastern Time. The super no, not the super sub. That's now Nick DeVries. But what? So, Ruben, I know that this is your favorite driver. So, Nico Hulkenberg is a trailblazer for super sub. Yeah, he's the first super sub ever. <laughs> Actually, yes, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, come on, put some respect on that man's name. So, Ruben, your favorite driver. What What are your thoughts here? I mean, I think he'll do better than Schumacher. I think he'll probably be after a couple of races. He'll probably be up at the same level as. I'm hoping that he is up at the same level as Kevin Magnuson. He was always he was always a, a solid driver when he was in F1. And remember, 
the way Mick Schumacher landed in Haas, besides being, you know, his name, the sponsor they had at that time, I don't know if they're still with Haas or they're going to be with Haas. They wanted a German, they wanted a German driver. One and one. Hulkenberg is German. Ruben, I'm disappointed. Why? I'm not disappointed at Haas for hiring Nico Hulkenberg. Allegedly. I'm not disappointed at Haas for letting go of Mick Schumacher. I am disappointed in you, Ruben. <laughs> Why? You have been literally campaigning yes. for the past two years yes. for Nico Hulkenberg to finally get a seat in F1. Okay. And it's happened. Okay. And you're not excited. You want me to jump off the seat or something? Show a little bit of excitement. Maybe when they do sign him. <laughs> It's only a legend. You know what? Come on. <laughs> My bad. This is your favorite driver. My favorite driver. Of all yeah. time. You, ever you campaign him? for him. <laughs> if, he, if he were literally running a listen, campaign, right? you would be his campaign manager. Wow. Yeah. Why are you not excited about this? <laughs> Why are you not as excited about this as I am? <laughs> Why not? You ever seen you ever seen like the video for Stan the Eminem song, like the the fan yeah. the super fan is writing the letter. Yeah, don't say that's me. That, that's yeah, him to Nico. Exactly. Come on, man. dear yeah, Nico, dude. you've always been my favorite Chico. <laughs> <laughs> you always been my favorite Chico. Who's <laughs> driving down? You you should be driving. In your car, eating a tres leches. Yeah. Excited. Oh, this guy jumped off the couch. Anyway, that so. Nico Hulkenberg is back in F1 on an American team. His uh, last, so Yancey alluded to it. He's been the super sub. He uh, raced this year two, two, two races in place of Sebastian Vettel at the beginning of the season. He finished 17th and 12th in Bahrain and in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he did this super sub thing, I believe is in 2020. Due to, I think it was it was Vettel and it was uh, Checo Perez that had COVID, so he subbed for them. Twenty eighteen, twenty twenty, COVID was twenty twenty. My bad. Okay. Um, Yancy, what are your thoughts before I give mine? I think it's great. I think that Nico Hulkenberg should be thanking Checo Perez. Why? Because. It has shown the past two years. Checo Perez. I'm tell you why. It has shown the past two years. What you said? He should be thanking Checo Perez. Okay. Okay. Here's why. For the past two years, mm-hmm. we have seen the value that an experienced driver can bring to a team. You are talking about Checo Perez. We're talking about Red Bull. Let's go back to Red Bull real quick. Recap. Red Bull was signing young drivers from their Young Driver Academy, putting them in the second seat at Red Bull, and they could get nowhere near close to a championship. And they had Max Verstappen in the other car scoring a ton of points, and those drivers were nowhere near him. Checo Perez comes to Red Bull, and all of a sudden he has a viable second option. If Max Verstappen can win the race, Sergio Perez can. And Sergio Perez is scoring the points that none of those young drivers can can score mm-hmm. in the second car. What has that what has that done? It has elevated Red Bull to not only having two drivers championships the past two years, but also a constructors championship and coming in second in the constructors championship last year. Mm-hmm. So what Haas 
needs at this moment, especially when they have a decent car that can fight in the midfield, they need two cars that can potentially score points. Mick Schumacher hasn't been able to show that. Definitely Nikita Mazepin hasn't been able to show that. And they have you have seen Kevin Magnuson, another experienced F1 driver, mm -hmm. come onto that team and make them viable again in the midfield scoring points now if you have not one driver but two drivers in that car that have shown and have proven that they can get in an f1 car and score points if their car is competitive enough then that's what you do as a midfield team because you as a midfield team your goal is not to win the driver's championship. Your goal is to score as many points and place as high in the constructor's championship to get more money to move up the grid. So thank you, Checo Perez, for showing the rest of the F1 grid that having an experienced driver, if, if you don't have a, a standout young talent, it's better to have an experienced driver in that car that can score points so you will be able to win more money in the Constructors' Championship. I 100% disagree. Of course you do. Go ahead. 100%. <laughs> I think that Nico Hulkenberg, so there's there's a thing in, in, let's call it fantasy football, or even in any sports, right? You have a floor play where you have a guy that's just going to give you a base level, right? So like... You're going to get, for example, in baseball, you're going to get a guy that's going to get a hit every 10 at-bats, right? Mm -hmm. But his ceiling is he's going to get a hit every uh, five at-bats, getting 200, right? You're somebody like a Mick Schumacher. You don't know where his ceiling is. You've seen where Nico Hulkenberg's ceiling is. He cannot hit the podium even with a very good car. I wouldn't say great car, but with a very good car. Further, we talk about uh, consistency in points scoring. We didn't really have that with Kevin Magnuson. So Kevin Magnuson, yes, he scored points in the uh, he scored points in the sprint race off the strength of that fluke pole position, which we'll talk about. He had a ninth place finish in the U.S. Grand Prix. Before that, do you guys want to guess when his previous points finish was? Kinda. Later than that, one race, uh, two races after that, Austria. Guess what? His teammate Mick Schumacher. So Magnuson finished eight, eighth. Schumacher finished sixth. The race before that, Magnussen finished 10th. Schumacher finished eighth. So what we're seeing here is that, okay, on a one-lap pace, granted that is very important, on a one-lap pace, Kevin Magnussen is, is doing his thing. I think he's beating him He's beating him as far as qualifying. Schumacher. Yeah, Magnussen is beating Schumacher as far as qualifying, and he's also doing well in the sprint races. And so he finished on these three, the three sprint races, Eighth, seventh, eighth this season. So that accounts for a lot of his points. I just don't, I don't really see the edge that Kevin Magnuson has over Mick Schumacher. Mick Schumacher has just been unlucky, crashy, and I think that he has a potentially higher ceiling than both Magnuson and Nico Hulkenberg. And I think that it's, it's a too early departure. Ruben, you have any thoughts? Schumacher was there for what, two years? Two, two years. years. Three years. Three years? Two years. Two, Two years. years. I don't know, man. If he had that in him, he would have shown that already. Even with a crappy car like the, you know? The Haas was the worst car on the grid last year, and it's pretty bad this year. It's not the worst. It's still the the Williams. I think last, 
I think that you hit on something, you Wellington hit on something that I don't think you even noticed it. He said, you said crashy. And that is the reason why, probably one of the main reasons why they want to get rid of Mick Schumacher is that he costs. Not only does he not score enough points, but he also costs them a lot of money because he crashes the car. He split the car in half twice, literally. So, and he's just had like really silly accidents. He crashed in Mexico too, no? I am not disputing the fact that he could have a high ceiling, but the problem is, is that he hasn't shown it. And Haas is not one of those teams that can afford to keep waiting, to keep waiting on that because they don't have a lot of money. Um, I think it would be better for Mick Schumacher to be on a team that can, you know, maybe like a McLaren or an Aston Martin or even a Red Bull you know or a Ferrari where they can spend money on him and, you know, deal with the blow of all the crashes. But Haas is not that team, unfortunately. You know, it'd be perfect for him. He's German, right? Mm-hmm. Mercedes reserve driver. Ooh. Going into next year with the Could role be. that Ricardo wanted. Could be. So you got, you got Total Wolf as your agent. So now think about what happened this year with the young drivers. And Williams, the other Williams seat is still open, right? It is. Think about what happened with young drivers. Piastri did not want to go to Alpine. He pushed his way to McLaren, which he perceives as a better car, right? Nick DeVries is now with uh, AlphaTauri. Mm-hmm. I'm... My my point and what I'm getting at is that these drivers, they don't want to drive for bottom feeders anymore because look what happens. You start to wash out of the system, right? Mm-hmm. Look at um, Mick Schumacher. Um, Albon is now wasting away down there. There's no real path for him to get back to anywhere. Even though he's, honestly, for him to be in the Williams hasn't, bad, hasn't had a bad season, but he's still in the Williams. There's no real path for him to get anywhere. Three points. Joe Wen Yu, who was regarded as a very good uh, Renault reserve driver back in the day. Mm-hmm. Six points on the season mm-hmm. with Alpha Alpha Romeo. Uh, I don't know. I think that... Uh, just no, I, think, for- I think that that's also like another very good point to look at. Like the, these guys are saying, but how many cases are we going to have with Josh Russell? And Josh Russell was already super desperate at Williams. But... <laughs> That's a different situation. No, no, but same thing. But because that was supposed to be the heir apparent to Lewis Hamilton. No, when I when I'm, I mentioned Judge Russell because he came into Formula One and he showed a lot of you know, that he needed a better car. You know, he showed that hey, I deserve a better car because I'm. So you still need to go to a bottom feeder team, like you said, to show that you belong in Formula One in some aspect. It's, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because all right, look. All right, look. I mean, I mean, you you made no. somebody should come from F two straight to the one of the Ferrari. Alonso, Alonso, yeah. Alonso's no. first drive was what a Marussia. Yes. Um, a, Schumacher. Sh- uh, Leclerc was in Leclerc the Alfa Romeo. was an Alfa Romeo. Max was a Toro Rosso. Max was Toro Rosso. Like I mean, you they Vettel Toro Rosso BMW actually BMW Sauber. So what I'm saying is that. The path into F1 is always going to be a bottom feeder team. If you're going to be a top driver, you have to show that within one or two years. Now, if not, there's other people behind you. That is just the way it is. Unfortunately, you because have to be extremely talented, extremely talented to get a drive at a top team right away. 
Max is probably probably one of well, Max and Lewis are probably one of the few exceptions. And even Max started in Toro Rosso. In Toro Rosso. Lewis I, started McLaren. Well started yeah, Lewis, yeah, but yeah. Lewis was Lewis was in a competitive car right off the bat. But he was but like, hello, he's a seven time world champion. The good dude is a, a super otherworldly talent. But most of you know, world championship material drivers or good drivers come from those bottom teams and move them and move themselves up. But well, that's what we've seen. That's what that's what has F one has shown us that it works. Like for example, a team like McLaren back then took a risk with Lewis Hamilton and it paid off. But so, they knew him. They knew him from no, when he, he yeah, was, he he when he was 13 years old, dude. I mean so no, and he almost won the championship in his first year. Against Alonso. This is insane, bro. Yancy. Yeah, against, against Alonso. Alonso. <laughs> like, come on, man. No, I'm just saying like some of these guys like they have to go. They have to show. You know, it's like obviously F two is already like the minor leagues and stuff like that. So you you have to land. The regulations are still be pretty much. I'd say it's more like college football, but yeah, I get your point. So the regulation, the regulations still. The 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 teams will I would say with less money, they're still have have not shown in how far they could take the budget they have now. Because obviously we we could point out that you know Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes. Should be suffering more because they, they have you know they've been I guess they've been uh, have a, like a chokehold on them because they can't spend the money, but these smaller teams they're used to spending that kind of money, so I think they should be able to elevate more than what they are now. Oh, we'll see. It's gonna take a few years for that for the budget cap to take into effect, and if they enforce the rules or not, but that's another <laughs> conversation. Okay, yeah, see. yeah. I mean, yeah. There were some other guys that we forgot there. So, like, Lando went straight into McLaren and looked yeah. at him. Yeah. So, I think it'll be an interesting case to see what happens next year with both Piastri and uh, Nick DeVries to see where they shake out hmm. versus their teammates. I think, gonna, I think Nick DeVries is going to wipe the floor with you. I just got like a, a crazy. Well, I mean, uh, uh, Williams is looking like they're going to put Logan Sargent in that seat. Um, Good luck and Godspeed. Well, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, he is going to be. He's an American driver, and they're just trying to get him uh, enough points for him to be in that seat. But if he can get the points, he'll be in that seat next season. If not, I don't know what Williams' backup plan is. I don't think they have one, to be honest with you. What are you doing next season? I'm ready to drive. <laughs> I'm ready to go. And you already drive a Mercedes engine, so there you go. There you go. No, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> when you when you brought up Lando, I, you're like like the curiosity in my brain just started popping and saying, is McLaren the only team to do that a couple of times in the last 10, 15 years? To bring a guy straight up to their team without, I mean, who they're affiliated to? Like, who, who they... Yeah, but I remember also... You know what I'm saying? Like, who, I, who are... I remember this, that, I mean, we talk about McLaren now, mm -hmm. but when Lando came onto that team, McLaren was a bottom feeder team. And they cleaned... They were, they were cleaning house. It was yeah. Lando so, and, I mean, it's not, like, it's not like they were taking a, a massive risk either because they weren't. That's another you know, thing, too, yeah. You know, the so situation it, played it, at that, well it, it's, 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 it, Context is everything. You know, obviously, you're not going to put a super young driver in a McLaren drive right now. It's a deep, pretty decent car. Yeah. But at, back then, they were, you know, they were, pretty, doing they were pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, Alonso. <laughs> they were pretty bad, man. <laughs> All right. Moving on. So... Everybody loves to see the no, well, I don't, I don't know about love, but the sponsors on the cars and like all kinds of different uh, companies that we're familiar with. One name that has been in the news quite a bit lately, FTX. The I'm gonna keep it short. Basically, the uh, 
it's almost like a Coinbase, right? I'm yeah, not, it's I'm a not crypto too, it's, it's a crypto exchange. It's a crypto has, exchange platform where, that you, has, uh, yeah. where you can store and exchange cryptocurrencies. Long story short, they have, um, what was that? Uh, what was that energy drink? The, the, rich, the, rich yeah, energy. The, they they're almost at the rich energy level, but they've they've gone completely bankrupt. There's a lot of fishy business going on there, and Mercedes has suspended the FTX sponsored deal and removes logos from their cars, joining the likes of like well, what was it you were saying earlier, Ruben? Uh, Miami, their arena, Miami Heat Arena, also losing the name uh, sponsorship. sponsorship. Deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was called the FTX Arena. And that was supposed to happen until 2040. What? The, the deal with, F- with FTX, whatever. Oh, my God. Miami Heat or? <laughs> with the Miami and them. <laughs> and Mercedes. So. No, Mercedes wasn't them. No, I don't, I don't have these on Mercedes. Just something to know. It wasn't anything, like, particularly newsworthy. Just, like, man, like, how, how far crypto has fallen. Dude, I think that, I may be wrong. But I'm pretty sure that I think at, at one point that company was valued at over six hundred billion dollars, something like that. And look how far they fall. Well, ain't that some? That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, F1 has never never been far from having fishy sponsors sometimes because you know a la Rich Energy and that the, a couple of years ago with that that the person that owned like a team for a couple of days for some time and they would they were not <laughs> able to come up with the finances. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, things like this, I would say happens, but it's just some major stuff like this is, is tough when it's just such such a big amount of money that we're talking about. So, we're in Brazil. Mm-hmm. We're racing in Brazil. We officially have a, a Brazilian driver on the grid. Lewis Hamilton. Honorary. Yes. Sorry, it was, where it was uh, FTX was valued at $32 billion. Sorry. Yeah, Still more money than I could imagine. Still mm-hmm. a lot of money. That's insane. So Lewis Hamilton made an honorary citizen of Brazil ahead of the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. Um, obviously, Lewis Hamilton said one thing, the greatest fans, of course. The greatest fans. As he does everywhere. Uh, Lewis Hamilton has officially become an honorary Br- a Brazilian citizen during the buildup to this week's Sao Paulo Grand Prix, telling those in attendance at a special ceremony that I really do feel like I'm now, like now I'm one of you. Man, this guy has a way with words. <laughs> I'd like to say a big, big thank you to everyone here at the house for all those who've moved mountains to make this day possible. It's honestly the greatest honor for me to be here receiving and accepting the citizenship. I really do feel now like I'm one of you, finally. So, Obrigado. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now... Uh, he surpasses Senna as the greatest F1 driver of all time from Brazil, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How long were you keeping what? that joke <laughs> yeah. What does uh, Emerson How Fittipaldi say about that, right? Yep, yeah. <laughs> all, all his haters, right? <laughs> oh, man. What is PK also hates on him? Oh, man. PK definitely hates on him now. <laughs> 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 That's what I was going to say. Damn, where do we clean it up, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, but it's it's kind of funny because he just had so many legendary moments over there. Just like uh, last last year, he had that insane race where he started in the back of the Brazilian Grand Prix. Grand Prix. And that's where he passed. Moved up to 10th. Passed Glock. Oh, that, yeah. That yeah. Uh, legendary, uh, legendary moment to win his first championship. Steal it away from Felipe Maza, an actual former yeah. Brazilian driver. Well, he's still Brazilian, but former driver. Former driver. Still Brazilian. <laughs> you can take the hood out of the man, but not out of the man out of the hood. Not the hood out of the man. 
Any I mean, thoughts? He, no. he dedicated the honor to Sen and his family and stuff like that. Yeah. It was cool. His favorite driver, right? Yeah. Dude, it, you could tell it's been a slow news week, right? Yep. <laughs> no, way to clean it up. You know, for Pink is probably hiding, <laughs> hiding in a cave now. <laughs> I was banned, and now he's part of my country, too, now. Yeah, now he was insulting the greatest Brazilian driver of all time. Oh, man. <laughs> and you guys made him the greatest driver of my country. Oh, my God. <laughs> Poor Pinkett. It was a whole race for Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> oh, my God. How's he going to insult his own country, man? Yeah, that was messed up. That was messed That's up. That's really messed up. <laughs> now Pinkett's uh, thoughts are justified. How could I hate him? He's from my country. <laughs> oh man wow yo and then last thing just last thing newsworthy Gasly addresses embarrassing penalty point situation as a one race ban looms for Alphatari driver so he was going too fast in Japan uh, while under a safety car even though he had just come out of the pen like we all we reviewed that whole thing he got penalty points in the US Grand Prix for speeding under safety car as well and then he also got uh, penalty points, I think, last race. I forget what they were for. But he is two points away from a race ban, and they drop off in May of next year. So he's going to be racing a couple of months, including uh, this coming Sunday, with the potential to be banned for a race. Actions have consequences. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm trying to figure out why everybody's up in arms about this. No, I think coming down the pipeline is a restructure of how the penalty points are handled. Why or why? 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 What's why? the point? Why? Why restructure it? No, why? I, because I, you have one driver who seems to be popular and he's on a on a on a on on the verge of well, a race ban because he clearly earned his points. Gus is the one being named now. There's there's got to be a couple more drivers that are not far from getting. Well, who the hell cares? If that's <laughs> what that's the bad. punishment. That's the point. It that's is what point. it is. Okay, don't drive better. <laughs> You're the number one guest. This here. is this is what I, you know. This is a symptom of the world nowadays. Yes. Nobody Changing wants to take responsibility for their actions, Stop dude. Where, oh, if I get raped, I, I follow the. I'll, I'll sign up. I'll follow the rules, and then all of a sudden, you follow the rule. You don't follow the rules. And you're on the verge of a race ban. He's like, they should change the rules. What are we grading on a curve all of a sudden? Well, like, dude, you're an F1 Formula drivers. One, dude. Yeah, exactly. You're Formula One, greatest drivers in the world. Don't get points on your license. I mean, he could always get a race ban, and before he gets in his fours, he could take it to court. The, what kind of example then... is this setting to our youth? <laughs> I mean, this. Uh... But honestly, man, this is so stupid. Why is yeah. everybody up in arms about this? All of a sudden, you want to change the structure because the driver is about to be banned, dude. He earned the points. What the hell's the problem? No, that's that. literally that's been the, what he's saying. Yeah. That, that's what he's saying, and that's been the 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 so called argument nowadays on the Twitterverse or whatever the hell you want to call it, social the media. Elon verse now, please. the Elon verse. I'm the sorry, Elon I verse. apologize. Did, did you guys get your blue checks? Let that way? sink. Let that sink in, yeah. um, <laughs> dude. You know what? Eight dollars a month for a blue check is not bad. I think I'm gonna <laughs> You're gonna roof him? Anyway. I think uh, maybe uh maybe if Pierre Gasly pays eight dollars a month for a blue oh check, he might not he might, you know, get some points taken away. Uh, what, from what's him. gonna happen is yes, he's gonna sign up as a Pierre Gasly account with a blue check and he's gonna say, I deserve a race band. Oh whoa. Oh, I'm about to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that this is a sign of the new administration. These guys I I'm glad that these guys have been just laying down the law. Yeah, I mean, at this point, come on, man. Everybody, uh, whatever. It's, it's just dumb. Like, stop it. Stop it. 
Like okay. If, if you if you got the points, um, and and if you accumulate enough points enough for you to have a race band, serve your race band like a man, and come back stronger. Stop crying about it. Ruben, hit the drop. Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. Go ahead, Jens. 20 years ago, Nikki Lauda. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben, thoughts on the race weekend? I actually like this race. It was very, it kept you on. It's Just, probably, and I said to Yancey earlier, it's probably the, Yancey was the one that made it to that level, but it's probably the best race of the year. I don't know about that. Ruben, wake up, bro. This race was super exciting. <laughs> How are you just going to say I really liked it? Okay, sorry. Come I on, was, man. There were definitely better races. I just can't think of them off the top This year. Of my head. Definitely this year. No, I, I can't think of one. Definitely this year. I mean, it's been, what, 21 races? It has <laughs> been a lot. I mean, maybe I'll go, but I think it's the best one. But you know what? I'll, I'll take... Uh, I'll, you you got to take. I, I understand why Wellington is. You got to take this precautionary because honestly, we always think like the latest one is the it's best the one. Yeah, but this one is up there along with the greatest fans, right? with the yeah, best fans. Well, listen, the, the best fans are in Brazil and Great Britain. Yep. Okay. According to Lewis Hamilton, where where he's from, wherever he wins. So, uh, Yancy, what are your thoughts on this race weekend? Phenomenal. Whoa. Phenomenal. I think that. Qualifying was exciting, obviously, because the rain made it interesting. And the fact that we had Kevin Magnuson as our pole winner, insane. A Haas winning yeah. pole. American team, come on, make a round of applause for that. We should be proud of that. Proud of being American this weekend. Um, the sprint ways was the the sprint race was by far the best sprint wave race we've seen. Um, I also don't agree with that. I feel like last year we had some pretty good ones too. I, I no, I mean Monza obviously last year was really good. Yeah, but I think the amount of overtaking obviously at the front was pretty. You know that was, uh, and George Russell was, you know, by far and one of the best driver this weekend. But in the back of the field, I mean, behind him, there were so many battles going on. In those 24 laps, I thought it was extremely exciting. We didn't know who was going to finish where. Um, and obviously, the race was phenomenal. It was an awesome weekend. Uh, one of the bestest. I would say one of the best, but I'll go back and check. But it was definitely one of the best races of the year. How about you, Wes? What do you thought of the race? I thought uh, about the weekend. I. It's clear that the... Uh, it was the right decision to bring the sprint race back to Brazil. I, it is like the perfect venue for it. Yeah. Far and away. Um, I, to, be, to be fair, and what I was thinking this whole time watching the race yesterday is I felt like I was in 2019 where the two Mercedes and then followed by two Ferraris and then everybody else. <laughs> That's what I felt like. 2019? 2019. 2020 Ferrari wasn't good. Yeah. Okay. 2021. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So that's that's where that's where I land on it. I I I thought it was I thought it was a good weekend. I thought qualifying kind of sucked, even though it was a surprise result. But it was a surprise result because they couldn't get back out on track. Mm -hmm. Fine. Then um, the sprint race. Well, whatever. We'll go legit through it. lap over for Magnuson. 
Everybody had a chance to do a lap. Exactly right. So, so let's talk about qualifying. Kevin, yeah, Effin Magnuson, first pole position in a surprise, uh, as Yancey said. Well, go ahead. Talk qualifying. Qualifying oh, was awesome. Good, man. I'm seeing the final pole. Yancey won there again. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Um, what made it qualifying interesting, as always, when you get rain in the qualifying session, makes things interesting because you were trying to see what's the best tire. And obviously, one team got it very wrong, the team that I root for, uh, Ferrari. They put Charles Leclerc on intermediates. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Of, huh? We're, we have something listed right below on, on the outline. And that's what you talk about. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys <keep laughs> jumping the steps. I'm not reading. I don't know how to read. No. Um, <laughs> no, but... Uh, but it, it, I think it was uh, Q3 was obviously, uh, you know, Q1 and Q2 were pretty self-explanatory. But Q3 was the best part because obviously all of those teams that were on the slicks had a chance to put in a banker lap, basically, before the rain hit. Um, it was a surprise to all of us to see Kevin Magnuson <laughs> at the top of the timesheets. Yeah. But everybody else, except for Charles Leclerc, had a chance to put in a banker lap, put in a fast lap on slicks before the rain hit. And Kevin Magnuson was at the top. Um, I think that uh, Max had a chance, but I think he had a mishap during the lap. Uh, I think he lost control of the Not like fully control, mm -hmm. but there were some sections where he lost control of the car. And that's what gave Magnuson the edge. And obviously Magnuson throughout every session was in the yeah. top 10, top 7, top yeah. 5. Yeah, yeah. He was killing it the entire section, and he just happened to get the right lap at the right time. Um, obviously, it wasn't the fastest car, but he got pulled because nobody else was, even if they did go out those last eight minutes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on intermediates, it, the intermediates were definitely not going to be as fast as the slick. So what's the point of going out and even risking the car? No, no, shout out to, to Haas for acting that way. They're they're used to doing things like that as far as like getting out right away. Normally Williams, Haas, sometimes Aston Martin does it as well, which is when the time clock just pretty much goes green. Obviously this time everybody was waiting because we everybody wanted to get the lap. But when as soon as the clock goes green, most of those teams are normally right there waiting for it just to get a, a feel on it. The other teams, because they're so fast, they normally wait for the track that gets to get a little warm up again by all these cars and stuff like that. And yeah. that's when they go out. But he did the lap that he needed to do at the, you know, the right time. He wasn't, you know, obviously he was at the right place at the right time, like you said. Yeah, I mean, but again, it was it was a legitimate pole lap. It wasn't one of those fluke laps because everybody else had the chance to do it. Everybody yep. else had a chance to do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dude, the, the crowd was going crazy for him. That, that yeah, was cool. That was him and, and the reaction that even Haas himself had. Yeah. That was, that that was, was cool, really cool, too. Yeah, no, that was awesome, man. I mean, and it's good for a team like that, especially that they've struggled. They've had their moments this year, but they've obviously struggled this year as well. Um, for them to, uh, especially for Kevin Magnuson, who really at the beginning of the season didn't even know if he was going to be in F1. He just came back, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and honestly, he's driven very well this season, considering the car that they have, and to you know to win pole, that's a that's a pole, big yeah. thing for him, man. That's awesome. Yes. So, okay, the sprint. I feel like dude, like when they do this, they all kind of just blend together. Sprint qualifying. So we saw. Ruben's boy George. George. Ruben's boy, comma George, not boy George. Um, <laughs> just run away with the whole thing, dude. Honestly, I 
the the Mercedes were so strong this weekend. It was I, I was shocked. So what? What I, I was shocked as well because obviously we've known as the year starts to end, they're showing a ton of progress of of the on, on the way they're they're handling the car. But it kind of showed you as well maybe that last year's thing with uh with, even though this year didn't he didn't come from last place, but the pace that they showed last year and this year maybe it's a, a Mercedes thing now in in Brazil. Two years in a row showing super, super strong pace. Yeah. I think what this season has shown is that, especially with the new regulations, um, you have to build your car to be stronger on race day than in qualifying. Um, obviously, you have to qualify high, but now it's not as important to qualify first. So, because so, check this out. Um, the reason why Red Bull won the championship this year, especially when they struggled in qualifying, is because Ferraris were only good over one lap, which were the main rivals. Were mm -hmm. only good over one lap on a Saturday, but over a race distance, Red Bull kills everyone. Mercedes. Mercedes in qualifying have been nowhere this season. They're yeah. just not good. But they have shown that they, one, have a reliable car, and they have a very, very good race day car. They were consistently um, fighting for best of the rest and for podiums, I think, in almost every race this season, So you know, except for maybe at the beginning of the part of the season. But they've gotten plenty of podiums. They've gotten plenty of fourth and fifth places yeah. with both cars. Because they have a good race day car. In contrast to the other top team, which is Ferrari, they have a good qualifying car. Charlotte Claire has nine pole positions. I don't know how many pole positions. I, I think uh, Sainz has one. So we're talking about half pole positions, half of the pole positions this season have gone to Ferrari. But they've only won three races this season, as opposed to Red Bull, who ran away with the championship. And Mercedes, who has consistently, even though they messed up at the beginning of the year, have developed a car to the point they got a race win now. And not only a race win, they got a one-two because mm -hmm. they have a good race car. Meaning that you must build your car now to be good on a Sunday. As opposed to what Mercedes was doing is that they would qualify high up on a Saturday and just run away with the races because they would start at the front and finish at the front because... They were the one giving dirty air to the back of the dirty air to the back of the field, and we know how bad those cars were in dirty air. But I think um, obviously Red Bull struggled all weekend. But I think the spring race is what also messed them up because qualifying was on Friday. You can't touch the car past that. So now you went. You 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 did not have a great qualifying, even though you 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 were you know you were somewhere in the qualifying. But you, you did not qualify well. So now they can't touch the car because they they were struggling with the car in qualifying. So now we go into sprint. We can't touch the car because they park for me, and now we go back, to, you know, to, to Sunday. And their car were horrible this weekend. There was something wrong with their setup for the weekend as well, at home. Oh, from uh, Red Bull. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, well, so I want, I do want to go back. So I think that the Mercedes car has been qualifying well, and we saw it from Singapore going forward. Mm-hmm. So I think that they 
they unlocked something in that car from kind of like that time period. Basically, the 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 Monza, because look, Monza, George Russell third, Hamilton fifth, and then from there, granted, Singapore didn't work out for them because of the rain, and mm-hmm. it was just like George took that risk on the tires; it just mm-hmm. didn't work. Lewis Hamilton got that unlucky safety car where like he was like just past it or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of like didn't that's, work out. That's for been them. the story of Lewis's season. Yeah, this but then like Lewis Hamilton, the last three races, second place, George Russell first. But well, regardless. Um, qualifying wise, I think that they've been doing better. I think that what's uh, so we're talking about the sprint race, but they they ran out ahead, and it's been it's going to be a major problem next year for everybody. Uh, so I just want to take a step back. Carlos Sainz also dominated this weekend. I yes. think really yeah, really freaking dominated this, well weekend, this weekend, and he his results didn't really show out. Granted, he placed third, mm-hmm. but his results he placed third in the whole race and then second in the uh, uh, sprint race. His results didn't bear out, but I think he really dominated the whole. But he came back from the race. He what he had? How many penalty points he had? Great penalties because he, he got like a new engine, so yeah, he went back. Yeah, five. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he came what he had five, so he came from seventh and still mm-hmm. was in the mix. So he had, an, he had an awesome weekend yeah. compared, you know, just to catch up on. Yes, the uh, I I don't know. Carlos Sainz tends to do that at the end of the season. He just gets better at the end of the season. Hopefully, he, just, he starts really well. He, next yeah, year. He, he's suffering like that Red Bull syndrome back in the day where they started off slow and were finished strong. Mm-hmm. That's that's what Carlos Sainz has been doing the past few seasons. To be honest with you, you said something that kind of triggered me. Not triggered. Triggered in a good way, not the like the oh, trigger. <laughs> but you you said that Red Bull ran away with the championship. I don't know if I agree with that. And we saw a symptom of it this weekend, which you talked about already. Mm-hmm. But Charlotte Claire coming out in intermediates as the only car in the intermediates. I feel I still feel it was crazy. I still feel that Ferrari just kind of gave this championship away. I feel was, like that car was still yeah, very competitive. I I tell you what, um, the team I don't fully agree with you on that. I think that you, there is merit to that. However, if you just look at Red Bull's pace on race day over long runs, and Leclerc alluded to this a few races back, for six or seven laps, the Ferrari can keep up with the Red Bull. Mm-hmm. But after that, when the tires start dropping off, they just can't keep up with it. It's just too fast over a long run. So, but maybe at the beginning of the season, they were, you know, they were close, but you just saw Red Bull just pull away the rest of the season. Um, and granted, it, it is exacerbated by Ferrari's mistakes. Do not get me wrong. But at the end of the day, that car is still faster than the Ferrari in, on race day. And the only team that has been able to, pull up and come close to the Red Bull at this point in the season, we only have one more race left, is the Mercedes. Because we saw how competitive the Mercedes was in Mexico as well. Yes. I think it has to do with, the, with also like the upgrades not helping Ferrari at all because obviously they did not make any. They didn't, obviously, we'll show you throughout the year, the small upgrades that you bring Helps your car build up more and get mm-hmm. cl- you know close the gap. Ferrari never did. No, I think Ferrari had one. The reliability also suffered by, them this by, year. By Spa, the I think they had honestly had given up the championship. That's the, what the Leclerc said. Yeah, this, they this like year. they gave up Probably at Spa. Week. 
they said oh, we're not going to win the championship so let's just stop the development and put all the development into next year's car Jeez. and that's what they've done and that's what it looks like they look like this because they honestly have had really not, considering that they're second in the championship they have had horrendous results to the point where Mercedes is almost catching up to them alright so the race <laughs> itself as we discussed George Russell domination uh Amazing battles with uh, amazing battles with Max Verstappen, and I believe I heard Crofty say that he is the quicker car. Uh, can we deny that? No, right? George Russell was in the quicker, quickest. He was in the fastest car this weekend. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, they finished one two. Yeah. But granted, Max had damage, which he will talk about. Mm-hmm. But I, but even in the sprint race, they were nowhere compared so, to Mercedes. So George Russell's first win, fluke or just a matter of time for this season? No, it was this for this season. Ooh, that's a good question because I did not see the Mercedes first win being just Russell. No. I would say it would have been Hamilton to have the first win. Why would you? But he almost why, won. Yeah. Why would you think that? Like, huh? No, because if you if you're, the, you know, obviously I would say all the developments go first towards that car, because you know obviously it was, it was Hamilton. You're not expecting. Yeah, you know, but George Russell has more points on the season. Yeah, yeah this, and he's Hamilton. been the most solid all year. Yeah. And honestly, I, and this has been documented, a lot of the 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 the, the, the so-called tryout developments have gone to Lewis because he has more experience, mm -hmm. and he's been hindered by that especially at the beginning of the season, especially when that car was really bad. So I don't, you know, uh, that hurts, you know, Hamilton's season as well as far as going up against his teammate. So then... But we shouldn't take nothing bad, you know, like... No. Not, not take nothing away from Russell. I'm Russell not taking... No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not. getting offended, No, no, I'm not, I'm not. I mean, uh, listen, it's his first win. Bro, I started wearing... I started wearing my, my Mercedes jacket back in public. I thought you That's were going to see your Mercedes underwear. Yeah. Which yeah. I've seen, by the way. <laughs> the underwear. I've seen. It has a medallion on the front. <laughs> wow. There's a reason he calls it the Silver Arrow. <laughs> wow. Trust me, I know. No, I'm kidding. Um, that, that win is not a fluke. That is a long time coming. So, it, so for the team or for Russell? For Russell. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Is it a matter of Mercedes has still been working on the car and Red Bull has backed off since they won the championship? I don't know. I mean, that car was pretty fast. Red Bull probably stopped working on the car when they saw it. They were, they were not being yeah. touched. Like, uh, let's just stop now. That is a question that we're not really going to know. However, the fact that how far Mercedes has come Especially where they were at the beginning of the year, uh, that's well. That's a well, or a well earned win, um, and it wasn't like he, you know, they weren't fighting anybody. It was it was one hell of a race all throughout. And he came. He didn't, you know. Obviously, he started on pole because he won the sprint race. But mm -hmm. during the sprint race, he didn't start on pole. It was obviously Kevin Magnussen, Kevin, yeah. and uh, you know, it was. Am I bugging them? Was he fighting Max? Yes. No. Oh. 
George. No, he, he was fighting, fighting in the sprint race. In the sprint race, oh, wow. he was. Okay, like I said, it all blends together. Yeah, yeah. In the sprint race, he was because he had to come up through the field. Right. In the race, he just dominated. He just from... di- he just he he got off to a great start and just, just, and just wire went. to wire. Yeah, it was one of those Lewis Hamilton type of wins, where he just you know so where does dominate this, where does that put Mercedes next year? Well, this win was odd, and obviously the way the cars behaving, it's freaking just an awesome boost to the ending of the end of the year to so they could get back on and I think next year they're gonna come out looking for blood. They're gonna start cutting people up. Man. There's not gonna be many changes made to the car next year. As far yeah, as dynamically they they definitely will. The that's floor, where the struggle. That's where the struggle's been and the floor has been their struggle. Well what I'm saying is that there's not gonna they're they they're not allowed to make a ton of changes. Why not? Aerodynamically. There's not the 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 aerodynamic rules aren't changing by much. So right, it's going to be they, a similar car. No, they had a completely wrong concept. They started with the wrong concept. But, but they they said it publicly where they know where they went wrong mm-hmm. and they know how they try to fix it and it's shown that they have fixed it or come close to fixing it. Now, I don't know how close they're going to be at the beginning of the season and I don't know how the development is for Ferrari or Red Bull, but for them to be that far back and to win a race... That's pretty incredible. And that bodes well for next season because we could have a three-way fight at the top. Considering that, It'll you still know, be two-way. Because <laughs> Ferrari's not going to step on their toes, right? Yep. Yeah, of course, haters. Ferrari will be best of the rest again. Yeah. Not hating, I think. It's just... So... Haters. <laughs> Max Verstappen versus the world. <laughs> Dude, what? <laughs> That's so perfect. It's the world, right? Sky yeah. Sports, Lewis Hamilton, Oof. his own teammate, <laughs> Mexico, Great Britain, Brazil. I've never, seen, now... I've never seen such a salty world champion. What's wrong so, all right, so kid? let's talk about this collision with Lewis Hamilton. So, to me, looking at it, I thought Hamilton was ahead. He had the corner. Max should have backed out. This is. I feel like it was a well, was on. I don't recall. It was the first lap, I think. First. I feel like it was established last year because they were doing the same shit to each other. It was the first lap. That they had to back out. And like I thought penalties were being handed out at the end of the season last year mm-hmm. because of that. That you saw that as a result in Saudi Arabia where... Uh, the DRS thing. Correct. Correct. So I, I just don't understand like why... So one, I think that Max got special treatment here. Actually, no, he got the penalty. He, he got, got five. Yeah, he got five seconds. I think he should have got more because it's mm-hmm. a repeat offense. But uh, he's lucky he didn't end his race or Lewis's race. And it's it's just uh, it's embarrassing to be honest. It's funny that again. It's only it's, it's only him again. They come together a la a la Saudi Arabia last year, and the car stay fine. For both of them. Because remember, it's not even last year they came Max, together. Max suffered a lot because his front wing got messed up. Yeah, but look look how Rebel did. They just changed the freaking wing like nothing. Yeah, it so. took him like 10 well, seconds they, to change the wing. They also got helped by the safety car. No, that's yeah. it. But it took him like eight sec- 10 seconds to change the freaking front, front wing. Yeah, but the, you know, the... I saw a good video today on the race uh, on YouTube where they explained the decision between that. Lewis was definitely ahead. Now, usually, when you're ahead, going into the apex of a corner, one, you have you do have to give enough room for the car that's mm-hmm. next to you. 
so you can race fairly. But you also have to make the apex, so you can't let that car push you away. But Lewis was definitely ahead because if you see where Max's wheel hits, is like in between the two wheels of, of Lewis Hamilton. Now, Max can back out if he wanted to, and he does not back out. That's always Max's issue. He never backs out, and that's why he causes so many collisions. I think when... Mm-hmm. One more thing. There has been an emphasis on the stewards to call more consistently, meaning that the rule is that the car has to be significantly beside you at a corner in order for in order for your in order for like for it to be equal so you don't get a penalty mm-hmm. so for it to be a racing incident instead of somebody else's fault. Now, what the rule states is that the car must almost be side by side going into the corner. Side by side, not meaning like significant, I'm talking about side by side, like wheel to wheel on the front in order for it to be a racing incident. Mm-hmm. If any driver is ahead, such as Lewis Hamilton is ahead going into that corner, the other driver has to back out or he's going to cause a collision. Gotcha. That is the reason why Max Verstappen got that penalty. Did Lewis leave him enough room? I don't think he did, obviously, because they hit each other. But it's up to Max Verstappen, if he does not have enough room, not to go for that gap or back out of it so he's not crashing into anybody. And we know Max does not do that. So I pondered this a lot, thought about it a lot. And that video was actually pretty informative. I suggest anybody go see it. Um, Max deserved that penalty. And... If that is the way the rules are going to be called consistently, then that's okay. If not, then you change the rules. But again, changing the rules for everything now because nobody agrees with anything. I happen to think that Max was super aggressive all weekend, especially coming off of even the, um, the spring. In the spring, he was super aggressive the way he was he was driving and the way he was pushing the other cars. You know, to be to avoid either to break the toe or avoid the other cars from passing him the way you know there was he was behaving in the RS zone. And that's what pretty much alluded to this. He already had his elbows out since earlier, you know, since the day before. You know, and now I come here, no, I'm just gonna keep going driving the way I was driving before because it was fine. And obviously, yeah, Lewis did have, that was Lewis was ahead, so Yeah. I don't think I don't think Lewis could have left him any room because think about the nature of an S a section mm-hmm. of S turns, right? Mm-hmm. In order for you to hit the apex at those turns, you have to flare out to be able to catch that apex. Mm-hmm. Max was driving in a straight line. Yeah. So he knew what he was doing. It was to get Lewis to back out to let him through. Mm-hmm. He would have probably missed the next turn because he was going in such a straight line. And Lewis made sure. I mean, going into turn into turn one, Max was ahead. Yes. Lewis made sure. Before he got to turn two, that he was slightly or more than slightly ahead because he was more than half a car length ahead of him mm-hmm. to make sure that that corner was his. And he did the right thing. Lewis knew what he was doing defending that because he knew that Max was going in, coming in on the outside. So one thing that I saw from the accident, too, is that it benefited Lewis on his reaction, that Lewis went off the runoff. You know, that area that had – if you look at the video – the cement areas. Oh, I got you. Yes. Uh, Max decided to, to pretty much merge back right in instead of following him that way to catch more speed to be able to rejoin. Right. So maybe obviously Max had a broken wing, but 
it helped Hamilton just to go up off the runway that way and rejoin the track with you know to catch his speed back up. The way Hamilton, you know, the way I don't even know if it, that was part of why the decision was made also on the on the on his rejoining because I think his rejoining was also super dangerous because I'm pretty sure there's they thought you don't rejoin there you're supposed to go off the runoff and then come back no, in. No, the, the part of that decision, the the penalty was not. They, no, they I know it was mentioning that, mm-hmm. it was, but it was very specific as to why Max got the penalty and it stated to those rules and to, it stated to the rules of engagement as far as what you can and cannot do uh, when overtaking and it's very specific and that is what the stewards are following. They're following to the letter of the law. Some people might not agree with it, but they're following to the letter of the law and if you're ahead, but but it also states that if you're ahead in a corner, you're not, and the other car is not significantly next to mm-hmm. you, meaning that the two front wheels are parallel to each other, then that is not your corner. And if you hit each other, if only if you're parallel to each other, and if you hit each other, that is a racing incident. But if a car is ahead of you going into a corner, as it should be, yes, the car has to leave you room, but that is your corner, and you have every right to go into that corner to hit that apex, mm-hmm. and if that other car's in the way, they cause the collision because they should back out. Judge. What do you guys think of uh, Max not letting Checo Paris through at the end? That he alluded to, oh, he knows what he did over the summer. What the hell are you talking about? Dude? There was rumors saying that it could have been tied back to uh, Monaco mm-hmm. where he crashed and they said and, and he's, pole position. He said that, well, the rumors are that Checo Perez deliberately crashed during Q3 to keep his pole lap during Monaco preventing Max from getting pole because Max was on a fast lap, which he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Checo Perez, ap- according to sources, admitted to the team that he crashed on purpose. And that yesterday was payback for that. For that. Which, listen, we know that these drivers drive for themselves. We know that Max is the leader of the team and he must assert his dominance where it is. However, your actions as team leader also have consequences up and down that team. Mm -hmm. There have been many times and many instances, and we can think back to one major one, which was Abu Dhabi last year, Mm -hmm. exactly almost one year ago, where the reason why, or one of the main reasons why Max won that championship was because Checo Perez held off Lewis Hamilton for so long. Yeah. And anytime that Red Bull has ordered Checo Perez to back up Max Verstappen, he has done so. Checo Perez has been the ultimate team player and is probably, and it's one of the major reasons why Red Bull is back on top. So you as team leader, being Max Verstappen, to be so short-sighted when you have already won the championship, not one, but two cha- drivers' championships because of your teammate, because he's helped you out, and your team has already won the constructors' championship, and your team has a chance to win one, two in the drivers' championship, that you can be so short sighted in denying pretty plain and straightforward team orders to let Check go through. And the way it played out was this way. 
Checo was ahead of Max Verstappen, but yeah. Checo at the safety car wound up being on the medium tires. Okay, so Red Bull's thought was Max is on the softs, Checo's going slower than everybody else because everybody else is on the softs. What Max Verstappen can do if he had the pace, which he looked like he did, he can he they can let him by and try to overtake Alonso and Charles Leclerc to take point. points off Charles Leclerc to help Checo Perez. Mm -hmm. It was a help Checo Perez Checo Perez on both, on both sides. In, the, in the championship status. Mm -hmm. So they let him through with the understanding. Again, this was pretty straightforward um, communication from Re the Red Bull pit wall to Max Verstappen. Mm -hmm. let, try, to get, try to take off points of Leclerc. And if you can't, you let Checo through to finish ahead of you so he can be ahead in points going into Abu Dhabi. At the end of the race, he was ordered to give that place back. Because mm -hmm. that was the understanding. And Checo Perez didn't fight Max Verstappen because he thought he was going to give him that place back. And Max Verstappen, because he has a personal vendetta over his own teammate, <laughs> over a suspicion that he crashed on purpose in Monaco. Half a year away. Half a season away. More than half a season away. And you've already won the championship. And you've already won... I'm sorry, you've already won the Drivers' Championship and you've already won the Constructors' Championship. What message does that send to your team if you can't be a team player when it's needed? Because even right after he crossed that checker flag, um, Max's engineer was asking Max, what, what happened? happened? Yeah. And because he has a personal... Again, if you're a leader, you need to be... You need to think ahead and make sure that that team is galvanized. And what you have done now is create gaps. Is create a drama, a situation that is unnecessary on a well-oiled machine. And let's just hope that Christian Horner can control it. It seems like they did. They're saying all the right things afterwards, but that was just stupid and short-sighted by Max Verstappen. You don't do that to a guy like Jacob Perez. You just don't do it as a leader, man. That's just not how you do it. You know, come on. You know this, but you know better. No, than no. I'm... Your actions have consequences. If you want to, if there are place, there are times and places where you where you assert your leadership mm -hmm. and you tell and you let people know who's boss. That's not the time or the place because you're trying to win. You already won the championship, but you're trying to just put a freaking exclamation point on that one championship. We our drivers got one two. In the world championship, and we won the constructors' championship. By the way, all of Rebels' championship, they've never had a one-two on the drivers. They haven't. So come on, the closest bro. they got was third place. On the, you know, like one and three, the drivers winning the championship, and the second driver getting third. That place. was selfish, in my view. Very selfish. Very selfish. Very selfish. Very. And it selfish. shows. His, it shows what we know about Max. Anyways, Max drives for himself. He's very aggressive. He's going to do whatever he wants. And Rebel just created him. Keeps creating this little monster, <laughs> and. You don't do that to a guy like Checo Perez, the way he's behaved for the team. I think, yeah, have a meeting right after and stuff like that. More stuff needs to show that the, this team appreciates as well Checo Perez. Max Clear doesn't doesn't see that. And um, all the teams in the past, all Sorry, the champions man. in the past. Red Bull is not as successful as they are the past two years if it's not for Checo Perez. Yeah. Um, that's, not, that that's, he's a, not that he's the main thing. No, no. But, a, but, but again, he's, part of, he's one of those. You need two good drivers scoring points every race in order for you to win a constructor championship. You know, the bearings have to have like multiple balls inside to be able to go around around. Checo Perez is one of those. Yeah. If you take in a that wheel, out. In a wheel bearing. Around. What do you think, Wells? 
Go ahead. Let it out. Nothing. I think that uh, I think that karma comes and goes in Formula One. Uh, karma is like mm-hmm. an important thing. The the only driver I could think about that would be acting that type of way is Fernando Alonso, and look mm-hmm. at how karma has treated him lately. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. He, remember all his shenanigans with uh, Lewis Hamilton and any other teammate, etc. So, I, I, it's just bush league and doesn't really belong in the sport. It's a team game in a lot of ways. Anyway, I believe ninety one. There was a video of Senna giving the place back to Gerhard Berger once once he let him through because he was fighting in championship for that year and the, the team he was you know the, the driver he was fighting crashed out so he we was only winning the championship in that race automatically mm-hmm. so he just at the last lap after the last turn Gerhard Berger passed Lewis Hamilton did it with Bottas as well when he when he needed Lewis Hamilton to be ahead of Bottas they couldn't get it done Lewis Hamilton just reached it right back up as well. People talk a lot of crap about Hamilton, but he would have given that place right back. There's, I think, a, a few of the unwritten rules in F1. This is one of them. You don't violate that like the way he did. No, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just childish. Remember better with, uh, with, with Weber? Uh, Weber, yeah. The, the what, set 21 or multi-22, whatever it was. Multi-21, I don't Something like that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, it is hard to, unless you're Dutch, it's hard to root for Max Verstappen, to be honest. All right, Abu Dhabi race preview trivia time. Trivia. We got trivia. Da, da, da. So let's go with this. Uh, I think it's an easy question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 2016, Rosberg finished second in the race to win the title. But can you tell me who was Hamilton trying to back Rosberg to in the closing stages of that race? Pretty much when, Ros- when Hamilton was back in battle because Hamilton wanted to make sure he wins. Mm-hmm. Or or because if, if Rosberg got second place or better, he would win the championship instead of him. So he was trying to back up, you know, he was he was sorry. Who was running second? Rosberg. Rosberg was running second, mm-hmm. but Hamilton, Hamilton was slowed trying down to back him in to Sebastian Vettel. You got it. Yeah, you said it. Hmm? You said it, but I did? Yeah. I didn't hear it, but it was Sebastian Vettel. So why didn't you say it? He was in a Red Bull. Nope. No, it was a Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari. Let's go a little more. Um... Can you know the constructor has never failed to get both cars to Q3 in all of their appearances in qualifying this track? It's Mercedes. No. No? Oh, my bad. Repeat the question again. Can you name the constructor that has never failed to get both cars to Q3 in all of their appearances in qualifying this track? Wow. Ooh. No. Okay. Yeah, we sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Ferrari. Rebel. Yeah, real quick, cause like, Who won the first ever Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? Michael Schumacher. Nope. So I guess Nico Rosberg. Better in 09. Uh, so this should be like a toss-up. What did Prince Harry tell Lewis Hamilton on, over the radio after he won the 2014 championship? Jesus. <laughs> yes, you, yes, Lewis, you're allowed to, to do donuts. Because <laughs> they were, you know, it was part of <laughs> Who would have known that? Come on. <laughs> I mean, My bad. I, I mean that, that video is played or has been played a million times. So. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, we didn't know it. Yeah. 
So history, uh, this track was purposely built for F1. It was back in 2009 by the same company that builds, I don't know, 80% of the tracks in Formula One. It was uh, Herman Tilk. Herman Tilk? Tilk. Tickle. 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 <laughs> uh, the Ferrari World Team Pack is pretty much almost right next door to it. It was a shopping center, golf course, a bunch of stuff affiliated to this track. The track capacity is only 60,000 people. Really? Uh, and tickets do sell out despite being one of the most expensive. It's only 60,000 tickets. And it's, and it's super expensive. Um, obviously, it was also during the pandemic, it was also raised super far into the year. It was like in uh, December 13. Uh, last year was the first time since 2014 that a Mercedes was on pole. But, uh, well, it's given us a lot of highlights. And most successful driver is Hamilton with five wins. Of course. Predictions? I think it's a Mercedes 1-2. Wow. <laughs> Hello. I will go with that as well. But being Hamilton will win the race. Oh, jeez. Really? You guys are jumping on the... No, the reason why I say it is because... So he won't go. I said I said that there would be two Mercedes on the podium last week, and you guys jumped all over me. No way, etc. <laughs> Look what happened. I would say Hamilton wins the race this week, so he won't he won't go without winning a race every year. You know, if it gets to that point. You know what? I'll I'll be happy with that. That's okay yeah. with me. Um, Verstappen winning. Yeah. What do you see Checo Perez this week? He's gonna, I think he's going to beat Leclerc. You think he's going to beat Leclerc? I think so, too. I hope Ferrari has a horrible weekend this weekend coming up. Of course. You so do. that way, that way, like I'm talking about like disasters. So that way, <laughs> Mercedes. So that way, we're hoping that they crash like Kimmy yes, and Vettel. Yes. So that, way Mercedes could, could, so that way Mercedes could jump them on the, on the points. Oh, God, man. <laughs> I did say that Mercedes want to beat him. <laughs> Yo, you know what? I kid when I say hater, but I don't. You are a hater. No, no, no. But, but remember, I just because I want to justify what I said early in the year that Mercedes was going to beat them in the construction. You are <laughs> a hater. Wow. What else we got? That's it for me. Nah. Uh, Verstappen wins. Checo second. Uh, Lewis Hamilton third. Okay. Guys, make sure to follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And it is race week. We will see you next time. Peace. Peace.